0: Welcome to Before the Bestseller, where we talk with our favorite authors, entrepreneurs, and oftentimes, entrepreneurs about the exact steps and processes they used to build their brand, sell their books, and grow their businesses. I'm excited to have you on board for this episode. My name is Alex Rathi, fellow author and founder of AdvancedAmazonAds.com and PodPR.co. I hope that you're able to take away at least one new bit of knowledge or tactic from this episode that you can use to make a world of difference in your own journey. If you do find one, let me know what it was in a review and anything that we can do to make the show a more enjoyable listening experience. For access to our free Amazon advertising course, visit us at advancedamazonads.com slash before the bestseller. In this episode, we have our second interview with Michael about how he actually sold 10,000 copies of Neurofeedback 101. Now, according to Publishers Weekly, the average book in America sells just 500 copies. Multiply that by 20 and you'll get the number of copies that Neurofeedback 101 has sold. For those of you interested in writing a book, here's how you write and market something that sells more than 500 copies. A lot of the people who are listening obviously are, you know, fellow authors, right? And they want to hear about how you've been able to, and uh, Mike, I mean, I was looking at your account because I have access to it obviously earlier today. I mean, you've sold over 10,000 copies of this book. So yeah, you've, I don't know if you knew that, but you've, you've sold, yeah, I can get you an an exact number, but why 10,000 copies is, is a, is an incredible amount of books that, you know, to sell. That's very good. Uh, most, most people who write a book sell about 200 copies. So, uh, 10,000. Yeah. Like 90% of people who write a book. So clearly there's been a lot of success with the book, right? Uh, now, obviously, you know, things like COVID really bringing out, you know, trauma and, and a lot of, you know, deeper questions people are asking themselves about how to improve, but what would you attribute the success of this book to?
1: Well, it's probably not just because of the book itself. I mean, so, several aspects. One is there is a growing interest in for in the, that market niche for people either hearing about neurofeedback and going, what is this? Um, or uh, people who are on meds who are like, this is not working. I've got to find something. And they come across neurofeedback. And so they're looking for a resource. The, uh, frankly, in my field, there wasn't a really good resource before this, which is why I finally decided to do this, which was hard to decide because it's, I knew it was going to take a lot of time to write it. But um, I think the other, so part one is there's a need for that. And it just happens, even though it's a narrow niche, if you don't have a competitor, it's probably better. Okay. Number two, although there's probably room for others. uh, Number two, we, because I'd been in the field for so long, I recognize the need to try to actually make it understandable and simple. And as you describe, because there are going to be people who know nothing, who are just, I have this problem. Can this help me? They needed something. And yet, to tell you the truth, I know that I had a neurosurgeon who picked this up. And she read it, and she immediately sent me three patients. Uh, But doctors are going to read it, neurofeedback people. So I had to write it. To really be very, very clear, and we did do twenty-eight rewrites over a three-year period. Wow! Because we, we, I decided it was more important to get it right than to get it out. Yeah. So not everybody has the luxury to do that, um, but I think that has worked. And there's another part too, which is uh, I had no idea how to market it. (laughs) So uh, between someone, you know, Michelle and you, it has really, uh, I knew enough not to do it myself. (laughs) And so I figured if this is helpful, then we'll see what happens.
0: What else have you done? Because I, I think I know you're on a podcast circuit as well, uh, going around talking, uh, speaking on you know multiple podcasts. What other marketing tactics besides you know the book launch and obviously the Amazon ads? What else has worked really well for you?
1: So, since there are many neurofeedback providers around the world, really, but yeah. primarily in this country in Canada is where we're more focused. Um, w- we did provide a sample copy to some of them, some of, or we reached out to colleagues, you know, we have a fairly decent marketing um, uh, email list and just said, you know, this is something that's useful to have in your waiting room. Now, hmm. I have no idea how much impact that had, but given what you just told me, it probably had some. <laughs> I actually had no clue how much we'd sold, I, none. So, yeah, I, uh, I was
0: looking at that earlier today and I was like, I don't think he knows he's sold 10,000 uh-uh. Uh. <laughs>
1: so, so I would just say we've done a number of things, but the, the things would be like the work that you're doing to help impact in Amazon. And I don't, we don't even know if the podcasts have had any impact. If you want to know the truth, I, have, sure. I don't know, sure. Uh, sure. but the podcasts are part of really the, The theme is we're trying to educate people about neurofeedback, not about coming to see us. Yeah. And so that was also something we were very careful about. We don't want to be marketing us. This is about education. And so we just tried to do a really good job and our podcast tried to simply be education.
0: Yeah. And I'm, but I'm sure it has, you know, probably probably, you know, quite a few clients, right. Um, I mean, you know, do you feel comfortable talking about that at all on on that side of things?
1: There is no question that we've now gotten people from much larger areas reaching out to us, contacting us, asking. I do a lot of online consultations, you know, for half hour or a little longer, just to at least try to help people figure out. So I get more of those remotely than I would have ever gotten before.
0: Yeah, okay. That's good to know. And what's something you can tell other authors to avoid? What's something you've tried that you did not see a return on, whether it was your time or money spent?
1: Well, we attempted to do some Google ads. Okay, Uh, It's very hard to do that and have it make any financial sense. Uh, So but we attempted it and it might be that we could figure it out, but we haven't. Okay, so that's one. Okay. Um, uh, actually, a little bit of the same for Facebook, but again, I suspect there might be a way to do it on Facebook. But we, so far, the money we've spent on those two things have been a net loss for sure. Yeah. So, uh, foc- It seems like focusing on the reader market seems better. Um, the
0: Amazon market seems like where people are to buy books. Yeah. So, uh, you know, wrapping up, coming here towards the final stretch. Uh, where can, or I guess we've kind of, I think we've, we've yeah, you've done a great job at answering all these questions. I mean, we've, we've yeah, we've done the, the content, the marketing. Anything else you want to share about neurofeedback in general uh, for the listeners? Um,
1: I, I, there's another challenge to neurofeedback just as a general concept in, in terms of trying to understand it. Yeah. Um, and you talked about like some of your friends who are on various drugs and things like that. Well, drugs are a good quick fix. So, gee, I need to take Adderall. I need to take Vyvanse. I need to pay attention in class. I need to pay attention in meeting. Uh, I need to sleep. I'll take this other pill. So those are quick hits. Neurofeedback is like the gym. How long, let's just assume you that you are not in very good shape and you're going to work on a program to get you in good shape. Is that going to happen in a month? For most people, the answer is no. No. It's going to take a while to get stronger. So I would say probably one of the obstacles to the field is it's a process, and it takes time, and it's not a quick fix. And how many people drop out of the gym before they get in good shape? Gym people – actually, I've asked that question – the gym people have statistics they show 80 percent drop out of yeah. within the first 30 to 60 days.
0: Yeah. So you get all the New Year's people, and after about a couple of weeks, it'll, it just drops off.
1: Your feedback's a little better because if you're pretty desperate to get help and you realize if you realize that medications like sleep, none of these psych meds fix your brain. right. How are you going to get your brain to improve? You got to work at it. <laughs> so yeah. that's that's the hard concept. Um, will it ever make it into the big leagues? We shall see. But we shall hopefully see. Hopefully, this was the book was actually a little bit of an attempt to support the field and yeah. say this is good stuff. More people should look at it.
0: Yeah, and you know, you say that it's like a gym, but based on what I read in the book, people people who don't even want to go can show up play these, you know, simple games with their brain. And so I I wouldn't quite say it's like the gym because it sounds like you uh, you actually, you know, some people don't even have to put in work. It's just a matter of looking at a screen and, you know, having, you know, the machine kind of do the work. For many
1: kids and teenagers in particular, when I first, when they, their parents bring them, I might say, particularly for the teenagers, are you here on your own or were you dragged? So 80% were dragged. Yeah. So they don't even want to be here. Yeah. So there are many people, kids and and teenagers who do not want to be here. They're being dragged and they're being told you should do this. And after a while, they start wanting to do it. But you yeah. don't have to want to do it. As you said, by the way, that's a great comment. And I need to change how I explain this. So, <laughs> so thank you very much for reframing that. Um, sure. you're, you're right. It's just you have to you have to be there. You yeah. have to participate show in up. being there, but you don't have to want to do it because, if, boy, if you did,
0: 70 to 80% of the kids and teenagers would fail. They wouldn't do it. Well, Mike, it has been such a pleasure learning from you, talking to you about the success of your book. You said people can get the book on Amazon. Again, hold it up for you. The book is Neurofeedback 101. And also we'll link out to Mike's website as well in the show notes for those of you that want uh, that as a resource. Mike, thanks so much for coming on.
1: Alex, you're right. I've done a lot of interviews. You're a really good interviewer, really prepared and really insightful in terms of how you uh, help add to what I was saying. So thank you so much for
0: doing that. Well, thank you, Mike. I appreciate it. Right. Thank, you. thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen in. I know this is just one of the hundred ways you could have spent this time. If it met the goal from the beginning of the episode or didn't, Please leave me a review so I can continue to improve the show. Reviews also help us to bring on bigger and bigger authors and entrepreneurs with even better book marketing blueprints to share with us. That's all I have. Until next time.